you willing to say here tonight whether you lean right or left? I voted for candidates run by both major parties. Let's move on to the next question. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Why is America Not the greatest, greatest country in the world, Professor. That's my answer. Let's talk about... Fine. The Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of our paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl, just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is... There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, third in median household income, number four in labor force, and number four in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, periods. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like, Brian! Yeah! Brian! Oh my god, are you kidding me? I'm dumb, dumb guy, Brian Stone is stupid. Mic drop, turn off the podcast. Your midweek download destination. Brian Stone is amazingly intelligent and popular, just ask him. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't do stupid things that warrant getting kicked out of fine establishments on one of the most celebrated days of the year. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I meant don't die. Welcome in to the supposed for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. The Weekly Dose for December 5th, 2018, the second to last show of the year. Yes, I will get to what I did end up turning into vague book, I guess, where I didn't tell the world what I did. I just did something really stupid, and I was embarrassed beyond belief. I will get to that here in a matter of a few moments, as it will be in the open of the show. As I mentioned seconds ago, it is the second to last show of the of the year. I am going to take the last two weeks of the year off. For a couple of different reasons, and I will get to that here in just a minute. First of all, just in case if there is new listeners, because I'd like to think that occasionally, I'd like to think that every single damn week, but at least occasionally, uh, there are new listeners. And my name is Brian. I am on the radio at Alt 98.7 in the afternoon. It's a small wattage alternative music radio station. Is it the most important thing in the world? Absolutely not. Does it make me the coolest guy ever? Absolutely not. Do I love it? I do. And then I do this podcast once a week, every Wednesday, or at least most Wednesdays throughout the year, and then occasionally have some pop-up 
podcasts that I'll do sometimes live at events. I was actually reached out by more than one person to see if I wanted to set up and do um, a live recording or, or, or some some kind of um, co- collaboration, coordination with the uh, main times 24 people. And I said, no, I absolutely don't want to do that because I don't want to do any work because main times 24 is one of my favorite days. Actually, it's not one of it. It pretty much is my favorite day of the year. As far as Chattanooga is concerned, I guess Bonnaroo weekend is my favorite weekend of the year. And my favorite, you know, week of the year, one of them is in April, but my favorite Chattanooga oriented event is main times 24. And so I didn't want to do any work and I sure as hell didn't want to do anything that might embarrass myself. So we'll get to that here in a minute. So, so one of the things I want to do for the last couple of weeks of the of the month and not focus on this show is to focus on some radio shows I'm doing. Uh, Best of 2018, I'm going to do a countdown of my favorite songs that were released in 2018, and I want to do a Christmas show. And uh, just like a, a special that might run a few times on the air, and I don't know if it can, it probably can't live online anywhere. I'm not sure. I'll have to check out the legalities of that. But I want to put some focus into that. And I'm actually looking forward to Christmas this year, and I want to relax a little bit. I don't want to have to spend the first Monday and Tuesday of, uh, of the last two weeks of the year trying to piece together a show because sometimes this takes a few minutes. Sometimes it just comes together in no time because there's so much going on, and sometimes I really have to uh, kind of search and dig and try to find something that I find interesting. And uh, this week is a little hybrid of the two. I, I'm, I'm This one ended up working out pretty well. So let me jump ahead here and talk about what um, I'm going to do in the second and third segment of the show and then get to the first segment here shortly. So in the second segment of the show, and I want to preface this right now and I want to make sure that if Craig is listening or people who are friends with Craig Joel Sergeant or Lieutenant or whatever his rank was, a Chattanooga police officer for 20-plus years, he is in a little bit of trouble and there was some concern about the, the internally it being covered up and it's a, it's a pretty tangled-up web story. I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. I just talked to Craig the other day. I am friends with Craig Joel. I'm not here to throw him under the bus. I'm just here to talk about that story and to kind of expand a little bit on on overall intoxication laws and how I think they're a little out of control overall. And most people disagree with me and think that I just advocate drunk driving, which is something I've never done because people just hear things they don't listen oh i heard brian said drinking and driving's all right yeah of course you heard that you heard a bunch of other stuff numb nuts so we'll get into that into the second segment of the show and then the final segment of the show the third and final i decided to go through my phone because i'm getting a new phone soon been needing a new phone all year and i don't know how much of the information transfers over and i have the memo pad in there and we all have it i don't some might use it some might not but i use it almost every day and it is just loaded with stuff. Anytime I think of something or I see something on TV or I hear somebody utter something on a, on a radio show or in public or anywhere where I'm at, and I'm like, that, that right there, there's no way I'm going to remember. I just saw that or heard that. Pull out my phone, note to self, one sentence, sometimes three or four words, just something to kind of spark my memory because, again, for this show, for content, for, for the radio show, for for fodder later on around the campfire, whatever. I just constantly keep notes to self. And since I'm going to be transferring over the phone, I don't know if all these notes are going to transfer over. And I have a bunch that I haven't got to. So the final segment is just going to be a, a, a rundown of all these 
quick notes to self that I never got to. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then two of them are scratched out. So it started off with 13 notes to self that I never got to over the course of the last couple of months that I'm going to cram all into one segment. So I'm just going to kind of go rapid fire with it. I'm not going to give a lot of commentary, just some throwaway comments, but I'm just going to kind of hit each one of those thoughts in a not quite rapid fire, but close to or fast paced, we'll say, of the final segment. And then uh, next week will be the last show of the year, and I'll probably screw around and try to find some audio for who knows what. I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out between now and then. So two things before I get to what ridiculous nonsense I did on Main Times 24 Saturday. First, real quick, the Chattanooga Football Club, the worst kept secret in the city. The soccer wars are coming to, not to a close, but they're coming down to a simmer or less because Chattanooga Football Club has come out on top of this, if you ask me. This is from the Times Free Press just uh, yesterday, the 4th. Chattanooga FC and Finley Stadium today announced a two-year agreement with a one-year option to keep the NPSL Soccer League team in the facility built in 1997. The agreement is for 16 games per year in which the CFC will pay the stadium corporation a direct fee of $3,000 a game. Sheldon Grizzle, an original founder of the team, is now the general manager. He says, quote, we are really excited to be moving forward. It's been a long few months. When we started this club, this was the only option as far as where we were going to play because it was where Chattanooga plays. If we had gone to a local high school or a local rec field and tried to build it out, it would not have had that sense of professionalism that we wanted out of the gates. This is back to David Pascal's piece from the Times Repress. The 2019 season will be the 11th for CFC, and Grizzle pointed out that the team is 64-19-11, all-time record at the stadium, often called, quote, Fort Fenley. Also, this is notable. The Stadium Corporation and the Chattanooga Market also agreed to a 10-year deal with a five-year option. There's a lot going on there, and it worked out well for the people I was pulling for, but there's that was a war. That was a war, and that is going to solidify CFC, and good luck to you, Red Wolves. I'm not pulling against you. You probably don't believe that, or anybody who's listened to much of my Soccer Wars conversation, you probably don't believe that. But I promise I am absolutely not against you. But Tim Kelly had too much power and too much pull and too much support for that team to come in and knock him out of his house and his uh, his position of the strongest and most powerful uh, person in, in, in soccer in this city. And I, I'm, uh, I'm happy to see it. So that's where we're at with the soccer wars. We'll let those just kind of breathe into the new year and see how things go for the respective teams for their 2019 season. Now. One quick thing, again, before the before the main times 24 thing. So the other day, I had to get a new hot water heater because the damn thing quite nearly exploded. And I've heard of these things over the years. I remember one exploding in uh, my, uh, my parents' house when I was in high school, and it ruined a couple of my Pearl Jam records and a whole box full of of a bunch of my knickknacks and stuff that I've always collected that I you know still to this day have most of the ones that weren't ruined. Why is it that a hot water heater, the traditional kind, I know the tankless is the way to go, the trendy, eco-friendly way to go now. Why is it that these goddamn things explode when they break? Why can't a hot water heater just stop working? Like, if it's broken, why doesn't it just stop, right? It's broken, doesn't work anymore. Like, your toaster, if it breaks, it doesn't explode. 
if your oven just malfunctions, it doesn't burst into flames, generally speaking. If your refrigerator doesn't work anymore, it doesn't like tip over and explode. Why is it that when a hot water heater goes bad, goes south, stops working, it shoots water all over the place and does thousands of dollars worth of damage to your property? I mean, it is such a common thing. Maybe that's why going tankless is the way to go. But mine didn't explode, but it was spraying water all over the place for months before I found out about it. And the the technician who was out here putting in the new one and looking at the old one said, you know, fingertip, your, your, your thumb and your index finger about an inch and a half apart. He's like, you're about that close from this thing just blowing its top. What the hell? What the hell? So that was not fun to deal with over the last uh, week or so, but it is fixed. The new hot water heater is in, and I guess in the next 15 years, it'll explode too. All right, so let's move on to the vagueness that was my post that I put on Facebook. And of course, I forgot to print off the damn uh, thread, but I'm going to pull it up here on my phone and read portions of it. But so let me start with how my main times 24 normally works. I go down to the parade, get there around 9.30 to 10 o'clock, stop in a mean mug, get a uh, an iced mocha, and usually you know have a flask or bring some booze in a bag or somehow we transport a little, uh, little alcohol to walk around it with. Generally after that, go over to the chili cook-off, make some Bloody Marys, have a couple of beers, try several uh, cups of chili, and then after that it's just kind of whatever makes sense from that point. And it's always different every year, and there's so many different events, and they're all equally fun in my book. As far as I'm concerned, I've never been to one that I did, you know, didn't think was an enjoyable time. Well, this year, the rain changed everything. The rain looked like it was going to wash us out and potentially ruin the entire day. And I was concerned about that, and I got told by you know many regulars and people who are just like, you know, stop being negative and shut up. It's going to be fine. Well... As per usual, when other people give me advice and I don't take, they were right. It did work out pretty good. Rain did not destroy the uh, the parade. The rain did mess up the chili cook-off, though. So once we left the chili cook-off, it was like, what to do now? we got to go get indoors because we're getting rained on pretty hard here. I mean, I did get some chili. I did get a Bloody Mary. I did get a beer. But it was like, hurry, 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 hurry. Let's get out of here. And uh, not to mention, though, I did have my umbrella, the coolest damn umbrella in the city, by the way. I got a couple compliments. I had to force them out of a few people. An old news free press umbrella from like 1995. Coolest damn umbrella of main, main times 24. I can tell you that right now. But so then we went over to, uh, to the Flying Squirrel because, well, it's a cool place. And uh, Dan... Pinson is playing, and it's there. They're calling it Low Main Times 24, where they're doing noodle, different kinds of, uh, you know, brunch, breakfast, lunch, whatever the hell it was. I don't know. I didn't go to eat. I just went to hang out and have some mimosas and watch my friend Dan play. So I'm with my girlfriend and several of her friends, and we are not what you would consider intoxicated. I'm sure if I blew into a breathalyzer, you know, it might say otherwise, but I was not drunk. I was not unruly. I was not. Uh, rambunctious. I was not overly excited. I was just chilling, hanging out. It's all good. Now, so we go upstairs. So they have the little ledge there that hangs over the bar. And I had a, I don't know what size it is, but enough that just a size that would fit in your, uh, in your pocket, a fifth, I guess, of Jim Beam. Now, I didn't bring the Jim Beam into the Flying Squirrel because I wanted to drink Jim Beam and not buy their drinks. That wasn't even kind of the situation. It was just in my pocket because it was going to be in my pocket all day long. 
I wanted mimosas. I didn't want Jim Beam right then. Now, what happened was because of the rain, I was wearing a new rain jacket that I got from my work at Cherokee Distributing. It just came in last week. I've never, I don't have a rain jacket. So I thought, well, hell, I might as well wear my rain jacket since it's raining. Well, because of that, I don't know the pockets really, right? Like, I don't know how deep they are. I don't know exactly where the zippers are. It's a jacket I've never worn before. And so I have the Jim Beam bottle in my pocket. And I'm standing up because we don't have a seat at that point. We're just kind of hovering around. It's upstairs where those couches are. It's not really tables. Little tables in front of the couches. Very comfortable place. And Dan's playing in the corner. I'm like, this is great. It's raining outside. We're going to hang out and do this for a while. This is fun. And I look down and I see my buddy Brad Steiner. And he's right below me. And I I, I sent him a text. I said, look up. And he looks up and he kind of like flips me off. <laughs> you know, he's mad because I'm not hanging out with him at that point. But uh, anyway, not truly mad. You get what you know. Mad, not mad, not really, bro, kind of thing. And then I just, I'm just kind of leaning back, drinking my mimosa, and I lean up against the the rail, and the bottle of Jim Beam flies out of my pocket and down and smashes on to the bar. Now, it was a plastic bottle. It had been opened, but only once, and clearly the cap was put back on tight enough. It didn't hit anybody. It didn't open, it didn't splash, it didn't explode, but damn it, it could have. I didn't plan it this way. It could have been a glass bottle. I didn't buy it because it was plastic. It just happened to be plastic. The lid could have been on a little loose, busted on the on the bar, and just showered everybody down in the bar with cheap whiskey. It could have hit somebody in the head. It could have hit somebody walking by. It could have hit the bartender. It could have hit anybody. It could have been awful. <laughs> and it was it was quite literally a, a I look over, I see it falling, and it was it was like that slow motion. No. And I was horrified, mortified. I could not believe what had just happened because the bottle wasn't out. We weren't passing it around. It was just in a pocket that I didn't know wasn't tight enough to hold it and it would slide out. And I just immediately hit the floor, like totally, literally hit the floor and just put my hands on my face and wanted to cry. I couldn't believe what just happened because I knew any minute now someone's going to stomp up there and just drag my ass out of there. And I was, you know, if I'm drunk, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be embarrassed by that until the next day. I'm just going to be like, whatever. I was basically sober and could not believe how stupid of a thing I had just pulled. Now, Brad, because he is a, uh, you know, my best, one of my best friends. He kind of came, I found out a little bit later, he talked to them and said, hey, he's not, you know, I think we were planning on drinking some of that whiskey together, but he said, he saved me from getting completely kicked out. I'm I'm very certain that that's true. One of the, uh, not security guys, but, you know, guy who would handle things like that, comes bouncing upstairs and, uh, and you know, like pretty stern, not a jerk at all, pretty stern though. It's like, bro, you just you just dropped a fifth or a handle or whatever he said on the bar. What's what the, what what's going on, man? And I just I I don't remember what I said exactly, just because it was such a long day of drinking after that. But I I just was profusely apologetic. I just I could not believe 
what I had just done. And I was like laying on the floor when he walked up there. He's like, dude, are you all right? What's going on here? I'm like, oh my God, man, listen, dude, you gotta, you gotta believe me. This is not me. This is not how this was supposed to go. And he went, but he's like, I'll be back. And he went downstairs and he talked to some people and he came back and he's like, it's your last, you know, it's the only strike you're getting, man. So keep it, keep your cool. I was like, dude, that's the last thing you got to worry about. I'm going to be keeping my cool, certainly while I'm in this bar for the rest of the way. And so while they had every bit of just cause to throw me out of that bar, they didn't. I'll run through this uh, Facebook uh, post real quick, and then I'll get out of this first segment and get on to the story of Craig Joel and the DUI potential and public intoxication potential cover-up from the CPD coming up here in just a second. But first, let's take a look at this uh, this quick uh, Facebook thread because it grew some legs. And keep in mind, this was posted at 1 o'clock in the afternoon of Main Times 24. It just started like five hours before that. So let's take a look at this Facebook thread. So around 1 o'clock, I put, I want to thank the Flying Squirrel for not kicking me out of their fantastic establishment. They had just caused, and they didn't. Thank you. I am dumb. Hashtag main times 24. Tara responds, already? It's only 2 o'clock. I posted, uh, actually, Tara, it was closer to noon. And then there's a couple memes that, that are uh, kind of funny. Becca says, been there, but not this early in the day with a smiley face. My girlfriend, Brittany, posts a picture of me that I just look like I'm absolutely uh, terribly embarrassed. It says, well, this was his face for a solid hour after the said event. Tara says, uh-oh, that's the I am in trouble face, L-M-A-O. Brittany, granted, this was after he picked himself up off the floor from embarrassment. Tommy, the oh my, the thousand yard stare. If I don't move or make eye contact, they can't see me. Ryan says, vague posting is shit. Give us the story, LOL. Well, here you go, Ryan. If you're listening now, you got it. I put more on the next podcast. Jennifer says, you were behaving just a few minutes ago. Nathan says, define behaving. Brandy says, Lordy, now I'm so curious. Stephanie says, at least you had that sweet umbrella. Thank you very much. Monica says, I saw it, and it was a sweet umbrella. Ashley says, it's main times 24. If parts ain't flying, you ain't trying. Nathan says, don't encourage the 40-year-old. I'm 38 and a half, bro, 38 and a half. Brad Steiner says, you're welcome. You owe me $35. Doyle says, this was my favorite post so far. Wendy says, I wish I had been there. I love this one from Amanda. says, well, this is the greatest apology ever. Hats off to you, sir. And those folks at Flying Squirrel Bar, they are some rad folks which was responded to by the Flying Squirrel. It says, it helps a lot when you do a no-no bad touch and actually feel bad about it and don't double down on your mistake. Brian was super apologetic and is welcome back anytime. Thanks for being a solid guest, Brian. And thanks for your kind words. Also, Amanda, we love you too. Then a bunch of memes. Uh, Rebecca Cruz Style says, it was so great to see you at Main Times 24 today, my friend. Been way too long and glad to meet your beautiful girlfriend, too. She is very pretty. And then a bunch of other stuff that doesn't really matter to that exact, uh, that, that exact incident. But, yes, I felt awfully stupid. I felt as embarrassed as I can possibly remember because I am never embarrassed, or at least very rarely. And that one, uh, 
that one really, I mean, it was like down in my gut. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I let that happen. And uh, in the end, it was all good because cool people prevailed and we all worked together to come to an understanding. Nobody overreacted and everybody was chill, man. And that's what Main Times 24 is all about. This is a Stone On Air podcast. There is a local officer. His name is Craig Joel. He is a friend of mine. There was an incident earlier this year that it looked like, it feels like, it reads like internally the Chattanooga Police Department or certain portions of it were trying to kind of cover it up and not let it get out there. And then it got even more complicated after that. I'm not here to pile on Craig, but I am here to talk about things going around in our community, in our region, in our world. And uh, that's something going on that I would be remiss if I didn't touch on. And I'll get to that coming up next. Stone on air. We'll be right back. Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for our listeners. Stoneonair.com. What I basically read of the reports and internal affairs people that we did have an officer arrive based on a call that came in from the restaurant out there where this incident occurred. And uh, upon her arrival on the scene, and by the way, she'd been with us about a year. She did not know the parties involved. She is not into the politics of police departments here. She hadn't been here long enough for that. Uh, but she observed the suspect not in the car or near the car. Uh, the car was locked up. The suspect uh, was there on the parking lot. And she simply approached him, found him to be uh, what appeared to be intoxicated and a little bit belligerent for her safety. And back up, she did put cuffs, put the individual in her car. Upon uh, uh, looking at the situation and being informed that this was a city officer, uh, she did talk to her supervisor, who was told to write a report, uh, just make it a general report without names or anything in it, and uh, go ahead and release it to a city official. The city was called to come get one of her own. Probably the, the worst part of this deal was uh, he was removed from that location and released at another location. That was done mainly because uh, there were a lot of people in the restaurant who were, uh, it was creating a disturb disturbance for the restaurant. People uh, were questioning, well, look, you put handcuffs on them and then and you wait and another car comes, gets them. It had a bad appearance, it smelled bad. And it, in that sense of word, we shouldn't have done that. This is a drive-by truckers. It's called, I used to be a cop. So this happened over at um, the Amigos at Highway 58, if I am not mistaken, over there where the marina is. Often people are at the at the docks or out on the lake or both, and then head on over to Amigos. I can't tell you how many times I've been a drunk mess eating at Amigos Mexican Restaurant. This isn't a segment to try to bury uh, Craig or try to try to make him look worse than than he already probably feels based on this situation, which I'll get. I'm going to read a bunch of the piece from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, and then I'm going to tell you about Craig, how I know him, and how much I like him and respect him, and how I could see a situation like he was in. I have been in countless times. And I, uh, I feel for him, and I feel for this whole situation. It's just the same way that I would talk about Jeff Styles and his legal issues. And I know Craig basically through Jeff Styles. Craig Joel has been on the force for 21-plus-odd years, uh, one, of the, one of the most well-known police officers in this city. And I have argued with him back and forth on social media. I have argued with him back and forth 
before there was social media, back on message boards. I mean, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, punk, you want to go? Just let me know. I'll get to more of that here in just a minute. So I'll just go right to the piece. Zach Peterson is the one who wrote it from right at the end of November the 30th. Chattanooga Police Department wanted to fire Chattanooga police officer who drove city vehicle drunk, but he threatened to sue. And so I will read this verbatim for a few minutes here just to get uh, the particulars out of the way. And then I'm going to read this portion, and then I'm going to be done with this. And you can look into this more you want. There's All you got to do is Google Craig Joel Chattanooga and just click the news tab if you need to. And you can figure out or at least read the reports. Maybe not figure anything out necessarily, but read the reports for yourself. I'm not going to go too far into that. I'm going to go a different angle here after I give you an idea of what's going on here. So from the Time Free Press by Zach Peterson. On an early February evening record show, an influential Chattanooga police officer drove his city vehicle drunk, stumbled through a parking lot, and got back behind the wheel before slumping over. Hamilton County Sheriff's Office deputies responded to a 911 call on February 2nd in the Amigos restaurant off of Highway 58. They did not see Lieutenant Craig Joel in his car. They did not test his blood alcohol content or arrest him for public intoxication. Instead, deputies held Joel in a cruiser and waited for his supervisors to show up. Later, one county deputy said her boss told her to leave Joel's name out of an incident report. A month later, the officer admitted he was, quote, absolutely intoxicated that day. The Times Free Press obtained records showing the Chattanooga Police Department wanted to fire Joel after an internal affairs investigation, but Joel threatened to sue, arguing in an email that the incident was caused by a job-related post-traumatic stress disorder diagnosis and officials delayed taking action, and Joel eventually resigned. Joel, a 21-year veteran who served as head of the police union, and the city's police and fire pension board was suspended with pay for two weeks after the incident and placed on modified duty. Over the next few months, Internal Affairs built a case and notified Joel on June 1st. He faced a disciplinary hearing for unbecoming conduct, driving under the influence, improper procedure, and lying to investigators about what happened. That hearing never happened. It continues to go on from there. It's a long piece. I'm not going to read all of it. I'll skip several paragraphs ahead. On February 2nd, surveillance footage released through a records request shows that Joel was pulling into the restaurant parking lot in his city vehicle, stumbling around and getting back behind the wheel. Records show someone called 911 around 6.50 p.m., concerned that a slumped-over man might try to drive. In a March 12th interview with Chattanooga investigators, Joel admitted he was absolutely intoxicated, quote-unquote, after drinking with friends on a nearby boat. But Joel said he recalled walking from the boat to his car to get a Gatorade bottle. He said that's when he ran into the county deputies. So from Zach Peterson's Times Free Press piece, I'm not going to read it verbatim anymore. It goes on to talk about the uh, officers officers that got there at first was a female who didn't know him uh, as a prominent member of the force, handcuffed him, put him in a, in a in the back of a patrol car later on. Others came who did know who he was, tried to kind of push, like, let's not let's not put a name on here. Let's try to maybe, you know, brush this one on the rug. Let's get him out of here. That's at least the way that the piece reads. Is all that real? I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know. I haven't seen surveillance cameras. 
And to be totally honest with you, I'm not entirely concerned about it, other than it is concerning when the um, when 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 the establishment, when the internal uh, the, the internal men in charge, men and women in charge, try to cover up their own um, uh, poor behavior. And and that's in itself a little bit of an issue, but I'm not all that concerned about that right now. What I what I do want to talk about for the next few minutes is this is not going to be a very long segment. Is that Craig Joel is one of the better human beings that I have uh, ever met. As a matter of fact, this is a, a a fun little story that back in the message board days, I lived in North Chattanooga. It was 2006. As a matter of fact. The washing machine I have right now that's right next to the water heater that damn near exploded over the course of the last week is the exact same damn washing machine that I bought from Craig Joel from the uh, buy and sell section of the old Chattanooga message board, sceniccity.com. I was 26 years old. If I were to guess, he's about 10 years older than me, so that would put him in the neighborhood of 35, 36, whatever, some odd years old, and he was coming over to drop them off for me. I remember he sold them to me for $300. $300 was a lot of money to me back then, but we needed a washer and dryer. I lived with two other dudes, and when I told them that a cop was bringing over a washer and dryer, there was like, you know, pot residue all over the the, the coffee table, and you know, and a bong over in the corner, and they are like, what the hell, bro? You got a cop coming over here? I was like, man, no, he's cool. He's not like, he's not that. I mean, he's a cop, but he's not coming over here to bust anybody. He's, he's just dropping this off. He's a guy. I think he's cool. I mean, hell shit, I hope he's cool. That kind of thing. I still have that same damn uh, washer. Craig, if you're listening, the dryer did go out, but that's fine. The, the damn thing looks like it's 25, 30 years old, and I still do laundry in it two times, three times a week. Um, many other times I've had run-ins with him where there was almost arguments on the air on Talk Radio 102.3 when he would come in with his safety initiatives, like uh, you know on 153, what I would call speed traps and uh, revenue enhancement, he would call safety initiatives, and I'd say, oh yeah, you call that safety? Well, then why are you why are you hiding behind a, a you know a pillar or their embankment so nobody can see you? You're not trying to keep people safe. You're trying to make money. We'd go around and around on that. I would sometimes say something of, bad, of poor taste on Facebook, and he would come in and give. He's very. He's a wordsmith, excellent writer. Um, if I won't give the name out, just not give it completely exposed. But there's a local police on the beat writer in one of the local rags here in town for the last decade. That's his pen name. He's been writing articles as a cop on the street for 10, 15 years at both at a, at a company that we both worked at. At one time, the last time I talked to Craig was just the other day. As a matter of fact, the opening night of the um, the ice skating rink, and I met uh, my girlfriend and her kids down there just because I walked over from work. It was cold as hell, and I saw Craig over in the corner, and I hadn't talked to him in a while. It looked like he was with a few people. I waited till it looked like he was, you know, alone and not in, you know, not where I wasn't interrupting, and I went up to talk to him about Jeff. Styles, and we talked for 10, 15 minutes, and it was a great conversation. So we have this really interesting relationship that's not real close. Like, I don't know him really well, but we've had enough interactions over the course of the last, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years. I think there's there's some mutual respect built up there. I just couldn't, I couldn't not mention this because of the potential cover-up internally and where this might go. Now, the other stuff with the with the lawsuits and the things that have to do with medical histories, I'm not going to touch any of that. That's none of my business, and if you want to know more about that, you can read all you feel like all throughout the internet, and you can believe what you want, and you can uh, and you can forget and, and, and disbelieve what you don't want to. That's up to you. 
But the guy is uh, the guy's a great dude. And uh, I one time I reached out to him. We were going to sit down and do an interview. And when I was going to try to do a series of uh, of interviews with local Chattanoogans, and that just never happened, and it likely won't happen now anytime soon. But I also want to say too, if for people who know Craig, and if Craig does happen to listen to this, that situation that I'm that that I'm reading about, that I know nothing about other than from newspaper reports and uh, and and news gathering and distribution reports, is that I've been in that I've been in that situation. <laughs> countless times countless times i was in that situation on saturday main times 24 potentially uh i've been in work vehicles when i shouldn't have been or even just around them right i'm not i don't know maybe that's all alleged maybe he wasn't maybe i haven't seen the surveillance maybe he was just over at the dock and walked over to his car to get a you know get a drink or a gatorade and pass out in his damn car or maybe that didn't happen at all either but being drunk at that exact marina at that exact mexican restaurant I can identify with, and we live in a culture that absolutely celebrates getting bombed off of uh, alcoholic drinks. But if you, but if you get drunk, and you do, and you, and you do stupid things, the the stigma is that you are you're you're awful. If you're anywhere near a car, if you're in a car and you're drunk, and I'm not, I don't know if you're bomb drunk, that's different. But the legal limit is so low. The legal limit is so damn low. It's almost not possible. To go out drinking and get in a car and drive, and people do it every single day. Every single day. And if you're bombed out of your head or you're a half a percentage point over 0.08, the law reads the same, which is bullshit. Bullshit. It should not be that way. There should be discretion to DUI laws, but there's not. There's not. We we have this vilification of, of any kind of intoxicated driving when it comes to alcohol, but not everything else. You can be hopped up on your Valium. Your Klonopins could be tripled up on. Your damn mind erasing uh, Xanax can be all flowing through your system. Driving around, it's no big deal. Get high as a kite in Denver and drive around. Who cares? 0.9% on a Tennessee highway. You're going to jail. You're losing your license. You're you're picking up garbage on the side of the road. It's going to cost you. Would they, even the commercials say what? Ten grand? Oh, you'll lose ten thousand dollars and you'll be a you'll be ashamed to your family. Well, all the way up until that point, you were celebrating how awesome, you know, nightlife culture, eating and drinking, uh, restaurant culture, entertainment, dining culture is. But, you know, if I have three martinis and a meal and I get my car, you're going to ruin my life. It's not it's it, it doesn't add up. It doesn't it shouldn't work that way. And it should be completely up to the discretion of officers who actually know what they're doing. Meanwhile, Dipshits are all over the city, texting and driving, Snapchatting and driving. Oh, hey, look at me. I'm driving a car. You should be in jail. You should be in jail. You're a menace to society. And it distracted driving is all over. I remember my mom, when she was going back to school, taking us to school in the morning and studying, reading her book up in front of her while she's driving. Distracted, dangerous, and a menace to society in all those settings. And those are okay. Those are looked at as, yeah, you know, hey, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I can put myself in the in the in the shoes of a really drunk guy because I do it all the time and I feel for you, Craig. And I love you, man. And um, I just brought it I just brought it up because I had to, because it's a story today. And and people can think how they want to think and um, and we'll we'll just go 
from there. All right, coming up next, my note to selves for my phone. All the ones I haven't gotten to in the last several months. All in a, not necessarily rapid fire, but certainly at a swift pace to end the second to last Stone On Air podcast, the weekly dose for December 5th, 2018. Hang tight, I'll be right back. Near the beginning of the document that made us free, our Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident. So from the very beginning, our freedom has been predicated on truth. For it is that reason that I rise today to talk about the truth and the truth's relationship to democracy. For without truth and a principled fidelity to truth and to shared facts, Mr. President, our democracy will not last. All right, so raise your hand if you expected to hear this dumb Fleetwood Mac song on today's podcast. I'm looking. I don't see any hands raised. Oh, I see. You're lying. You didn't expect that. Not you. So, again, this is just stuff that I had in my phone. One sentences or sometimes only just a string of words together to help me remember some things I was trying to remember. That's Jeff Flake sometime in the last however long it's been. And I just put in my phone something about Jeff Flake talk. Jeff Flake talks the truth. And so that's kind of the idea where I'm going with it here. So I've got my list. Where is it? All right. This is one I've been sitting on for a few. Earth Fair. I like Earth Fair. It's a great it's a great uh, grocery store. Great place to get some uh, good food. But their slogan is quite literally, quite literally, quote, everything here is good for you. Everything here is good for you. I mean, serious talk. This is what they say. This is the slogan of the store. Everything here is good for you. And at my work, I, 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 my office is right next to the break room. So I have to constantly listen to numb nuts talk about what they're eating all the time. And I'll walk in with a bag of Whole Foods, with Whole Foods bag. Oh, hey, look, look who's eating healthy over there. First of all, shut the fuck up about what I'm eating. Mind your own damn business. And second of all, this is the worst Whole Foods in the country. And the food in this bag probably sucks. But yes, the bottom line is mind your own damn business. Have you seen the EPB price increase? Can you believe what this what this this entity is doing? It is now $170 plus a month to have cable TV and internet. Internet has not budged on price in years at $57.99, but the stupid cable package continues to go up to 100 and whatever it is, whatever that math is, 105, 10 bucks or whatever it is. And as the December 10th deadline for trying to restore net neutrality is about to come and go without that restoration. That coupled with the amount of cord cutting going on, which I'm about to do any second now for real this time, well, you can look forward to your internet bills skyrocketing soon into the future. This is another one on that uh, list of uh, notes to self. It was President Obama just prior to the midterms. What kind of accountability 
do we expect from our elected officials? You know, it's one thing to have a legitimate policy difference, but if you take one position, then you should be held accountable for the position you take. You can't suddenly pretend you didn't take the position because it is politically expedient. You can't just lie about it. Look, listen. But what we have not seen before, in our recent public life at least, is politicians just blatantly, repeatedly, baldly, shamelessly lying, making stuff up, calling up, down, calling black, white. The president said he'd pass a middle class tax cut before the next election. Congress isn't even in session. He just makes it up. <laughs> like I said, I won't have a lot of commentary. So the other day I was um, sitting at Barley down there on MLK by Coinop, JJ's, and Bitter, and I was hanging out with some people I didn't know. And I was talking to a couple of them. One of them didn't know who didn't know what Bonnaroo was at all, and the other one was saying just swore up and down that he saw Prince at Bonnaroo. And arguing with me about who has and hasn't played at Bonnaroo is kind of like arguing with Ken Burns about the the Civil War. It's just not a good approach. And so one of the guys was telling me or or asking me when we were talking about the podcast, he was like. So what kind of stuff, uh, what do you come up with to talk about on the podcast? And I didn't have it in me to tell him, um, this conversation between you numbnuts is exactly what consists of a lot of my podcast. Uh, let's see. Oh, and he once I narrowed down that he was wrong about Prince, he confused it with Billy Joel. All right? <laughs> so that is podcast fodder that I just never got to. Went to see David Cross at the Walker Theater about a month ago. If you haven't been up there, it's just kind of upstairs to the right at the Memorial Auditorium. It's a fine enough place to see uh, a show, but basically it's like a shitty Ryman Auditorium. It's set up kind of similar. It's got the pews downstairs. It's got the upstairs with a little bit of sight lines underneath. Not all that great, but it works just fine. But to me, it was uh, just that, the shitty Ryman Auditorium. There's this girl. I'm not going to call her out. But she posts all these tweets and Facebook posts about, and I, I'm just starting to notice this, and it's driving me nuts, about how, oh, hey, look at messy hair, don't care, right? And her hair is perfect. I'm um, like, oh, just not really feeling like trying to look pretty today, and she looks fucking incredible. Um, you find a lot of people out there who, who put some type of modeling shots or any kind of situation where somebody else was taking a picture and then just goes, Oh, look at how, look at the great work that so-and-so with the photo emoji does. He says he or she does such great work. Listen, you're, you're now you're trying to hide your narcissism around other things that aren't true. Oh, my hair's messed up. No, it's not. Oh, hey, I don't look good today. No, you look fantastic. Oh, hey, look how good that this photographer made me look. It's not about the photographer, you absolute narcissistic asshole. It's all about you. But hey, whatever makes you feel better. You guys remember back in the 1990s, there was this commercial, and I do remember it. It was voiced by Tom Selleck. It was from AT&T, and I caught this on some Twitter handle, and then I dug, dug further into it because I was like, I do remember those commercials. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, how incredible is that? And can that actually be true? Well, this is a string of about three of those AT&T commercials from the 1990s. 
Have you ever borrowed a book from thousands of miles away across the country without stopping for directions or sent someone a fax from the beach? You will. And the company that will bring it to you, AT&T. Have you ever paid a toll without slowing down? Bought concert tickets from a cash machine? Or tucked your baby in from a phone booth? You will. And the company that will bring it to you, AT&T. Have you ever opened doors? I'm home. With the sound of your voice? Her car, please. Carried your medical history in your wallet. Your wife's going to be just fine. So this is where we stand on the atrium. Or attended a meeting. I really like what you guys have been doing, but... Um, in your bare feet. And they have a few other ideas. You will. And the company that'll bring it to you, AT&T. Have you ever watched the movie you wanted to, the minute you wanted to, learn special things? That's all taken from jazz. Now any questions? From faraway places. Oakland? So where did jazz come from? Good question. You will. And the company that'll bring it to you, AT&T. I mean, it's absolutely remarkable that that commercial was from 1993 and virtually everything in within a little bit of different terminology is all the future and now and much of it has been here for you know 10 15 years or so that was 1993 when the thought of a GPS device or ordering a TV up on your you know or, or excuse me a movie up on your TV or talking to somebody via Skype was the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard that's how far ahead people who know what this stuff is that far back knew what they were looking to into the future is pretty remarkable this is Hillary Clinton just shy of the 2016 election the attacks, the hacking on American accounts to influence our election. And WikiLeaks is part of that, as are other sites where the Russians hack information. We don't even know if it's accurate information. And then they put it out. We have never in the history of our country been in a situation where an adversary, a foreign power, is working so hard to influence the outcome of the election. And believe me, they're not doing it to get me elected. They're doing it to try to influence the election for Donald Trump. Now, maybe because he has praised Putin, maybe because he says he agrees with a lot of what Putin wants to do, maybe because he wants to do business in Moscow. I don't know the reasons. Hey, again, no further commentary on much on this rapid-fire just my uh, notes to self for the last month and a half. This was from November 13th, 2018 from Tyler Jett in the Times Free Press. I'm not going to read any of it. I'm just going to give you the headline. Ringgold City Council passes emergency ordin ordinance banning homelessness. I It's more about homeless camps and where they're set up and all that. But the headline reads that Ringgold is banning homelessness. 
This is not revisionist history. I have been talking about John Kasich, the governor of Ohio, since the primaries of 2016, and the hashtag that never caught on, it's basic, vote Kasich. You know, I didn't endorse Donald Trump, and in fact, didn't vote for him for president, as you know. And I was always concerned that, uh, I was concerned but was hopeful that perhaps he could get to the point where he could unite the country. I've now become convinced, absent a Damascus Road experience, Mm -hmm. I've become convinced that he's not capable of this. He is not capable of being a unifier. In fact, I've become convinced that he doesn't know how to accept personal responsibility and always find somebody else to blame. Now, I don't want this to be I don't want this to be construed as a personal attack. It's an observation that I make. And so do I think it matters if the president of the United States and originally last night, I praised him for being conciliatory early on when I did a television interview last night, only to find out, uh, uh, you know, after that, that there was an attack on the media, calling the, the media the enemy of the people. Hashtag it's basic vote. Kasich, and we'll go back to 1995 for the final one on the second-to-last podcast of the year 2018. It's old Uncle Bernie talking in 1995. Exactly the right headline. It should be on there. People should know that the reason that the rich get richer, that our jobs are going to Mexico, the corporations are downsizing, is that the major corporations, Walmart among many others, has tremendous sway over the political process. People should be concerned. Why is Walmart and every other corporation in the world funding this function? Is it because they like these governors? Is it because they're concerned about the political process? You have to be an idiot to believe that. They are here to give influence to their corporations on the political process. When they go back to the state houses, they will have more access to the governors and the statewide leaders. It is the crisis of American politics. The big money interest influence what's going on, and the fact that corporations are funding the bill here is part of the process. Oh, doesn't that sound so familiar? Two years after AT&T is telling us that we're going to have all the technological advances that we could ever possibly imagine, just two years after that, Bernie Sanders was saying the same thing that he's saying now and been saying his entire damn career and has built legions of followers. We got a long way to go in this world and this life. And just like 25 years ago when the thought of uh, talking to somebody through a, a you know a, a, a Skype screen or buying a concert ticket through a kiosk was the most insane thing you've ever thought about, there are Bernie disciples all over the place. So watch out, Trump types. Watch out, MAGA types. You never know what's going to happen because this mess that we're into right now is only temporary. What happens going forward in this world? I have no idea but I'm excited to find out. And that's all I got for the Stone On Air podcast, the second-to-last edition of the year 2018, the weekly dose for December 5th. Y'all take care of yourself. We'll do it again one more time next week. What's that date on that? That would be the 12th, right? That is absolutely correct. I love you to death. Thank you so much for tuning in, downloading, liking, and sharing, and participating. You are fantastic people. Talk to you next week. 